What's going on, everybody? This is Riley Williams, the host of Hot Mike's podcast. Today, we have a great guest. Those of you that have read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, you're very, very familiar with this individual. Uh, you guys will all know him by the, the lovely name of Bill Freak Brown. Bill's not super fond of the freak portion, but when you understand what Bill's gone through and why Goggins had nicknamed him Freak Brown, it makes sense. Bill Brown is the kind of individual that, listen, man, he got, we go over it in the episode, but this man from the jump had impressed someone like David Goggins to the point where Goggins knew that he had to get his shit together to get through buds or this Bill Brown individual was going to leave him in the dust. Bill Brown got caught doing uh, eight count bodybuilders for hours. And when I say hours, I mean, that is a, that's a true, true representation. I mean, it's, that's not made up. I mean, it's exactly how long he had to do it, but listen, he, he wasn't told to stop and he just kept going cause, and he wasn't going to bitch and complain about it. Um, Bill is a, Bill's a great friend of mine. He has put together an event called the GI go fund. Well, excuse me. He hasn't put together the GI go fund. He helps with the GI Go Fund, and he has organized a, the the Hudson River Swim every year for the GI Go Fund. Um, Bill now is uh, he he spent eight years in the teams with the in the SEAL teams. He now is a is an attorney, uh, I believe, out in New York. And so Bill has lived quite the life, coming from from a rough background, a, r- a rough upbringing, to becoming a Navy SEAL to becoming an attorney. One of the things that I really love about Bill is that the way that Bill got into the SEAL teams wasn't like most guys. And we'll talk about that a little bit in this episode, but what we talk about here is how he initially got into it, where, you know, he, it's not your typical, oh, I grew up listening to watching, you know, Rambo and all the shit and what me wanting to be a, a badass, go save the world. Bill didn't know what to do, so Bill went into the Navy. Couldn't swim for shit. These are his words, not mine. Love you, Bill. And he said that his, so the instructor, they sat there and they taught him how to swim enough to pass his course, and he got an assignment to go into the, to go into BUDS. From what I understand from all the Navy SEALs that I know, that is a rarity. And that goes to show you the kind of person that Bill Brown is. If Bill sets his mind to something, that shit gets done. No questions asked. For those of you that haven't followed along with the event that he holds every year out in New York, get familiar with it. Donate to the GI GoFund. Hit Bill up directly. Do whatever you can because I'm telling you, that event is phenomenal. It is helping people. It's helping save lives. It's helping our veterans who already don't get enough support. Super, super grateful to know Bill. I'm thankful for all of you that listen. I know that we've had to take a little bit of a break, but like I said, with the internet issues I've been having, it's hard to do these remote episodes. I've got a lot of them lined up on on this whiteboard behind me. I've got probably 15, 16 of them that I have to do remote, but we will, we've got a lot of great guests coming in, but man, I was so excited when Bill said, yes, let's do this episode. 
you know, and I talked to I talked to Bill about this. I said this in the episode. Yeah, Goggins is Goggins is cool, right? But for those of you that know me, you know that I like to see the behind the scenes um, aspect of everything in life. I I want to know the things and the people that motivate guys like David Goggins or the Marcus Latrells, whoever that may be. I want to know. I want to get down to the nitty gritty behind the scenes. And Bill Brown is the man for that. Can't wait to work with Bill this year, um, raising some money for for his for his events that he's going to be putting on. He's going to be putting on more than just the one. Um, if any of you have any ability to help out, please do. Please donate to the GI Go Fund. Um, please get on and, uh, and and figure out a way to to contribute in some, some form, whether it's, you know, just on social media, sharing the message of the Hudson river swim, whether it's, you know, monetary donations, whatever that may be, they need it. They need it. We're going to help them spread the word. So excited for this next year. See how much bigger this event is. Um, I, again, I appreciate you all. And now to dive into the episode here, the beginning of this, we had, we had about two minutes where the audio was cut off. Uh, I did introduce Bill Brown, and then what we did was I had him start talking about the event that he puts on, the Hudson River Swim, out in New York every year. So that's why it just kind of leads into this 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 interesting, I guess, starting point. So Bill had been talking for about three four minutes at this point, and then I you know I stepped in and and I changed something here on the recording because Riverside FM is absolute dog shit. Do not use them. I already canceled my subscription with them, but yeah. So Bill was just talking about his, his GI go fund, um, Hudson river swim. Whenever we started record or whenever we had to start recording this enjoy guys. I, again, I appreciate all of you very, very thankful for bill Brown. You guys support means the world to me. Enjoy. Let's get it. You know, we, uh, sorry, so the way it's all good. So, the way it breaks down is we're trying to send a positive message. So, veterans out there kicking ass, having a great time, helping other vets. And it's a beautiful event. And we got, and you know what? Uh, I can't tell you how much support I get from, you know, the state police. Mm-hmm. And, and what I did push ups and the commissioner's office, NYPD commissioner's office with them. You know what I mean? Like they love us. And uh, I'm actually me and a couple other team guys uh, on the sixth and seventh are training a bunch of SWAT guys from PA, uh, PA uh, state police is going to be there. New Jersey state police. We're teaching them a little CQC close quarter combat yeah. stuff. So there's such this common bond that guys, I, a lot of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans have with various fire departments, various police departments, and so we come together, we can really make good things happen and send a real positive message. And, you know, that swim did a lot of great things on a get go. It's, it's, you know, it shows guys just having fun, having a great time. But on another note, it's, it shows like a, a lot of times there's so much negativity going on right now with our country and stuff. You know, people pushing one agenda or another. Most people are grounded, good hearted, good working people, you know, and it shows us coming together, just having a good time no BS, just, you know, doing good things. And so uh, the swim on a couple levels, one is right, a lot of seals, man, 
9-11 changed our lives. And then on the other thing, up here in, in, in the north, in New York City and northern Jersey, especially in law enforcement and fire, fire department communities, dude, that, that, that changed the, the, their lives too. Oh, so absolutely. We have, we have this common bond, a lot, a lot. And the, the, the spirit, there's something in all of us. There's a spirit in us that's driven us to kind of take a step up and protect others, you know, to be guardians. And so uh, we tap into that and we can, we can, you know, and it's real. And so uh, the swim, we swim to the Statue of Liberty. We drop uh, 100 push-ups and 22 pull-ups to honor all our nation's freedoms and civil liberties. We swim to Ellis Island. We drop 100 push-ups, 22 pull-ups to honor uh, all the men and women who came to our, our nation for a better life, honor our country's diversity. Then we do the long stretch all the way across the Hudson and South Coast Marina. We grab a bunch of American flags, hold them real high, run to the 9-11 uh, Memorial. At, right as we get in, the Hag Piper's piping for us. We come in there at uh, the 9-11 Memorial. We got our shirts off. We rock out. 22 more pull-ups, you know, to respect for all those veterans statistically that, you know, have a hard time dealing with the anxiety of combat. And then we're 100 more push-ups. And it's a beautiful event, man. It brings a lot, a lot of good people. So many in-depth, like, stories of guys and family. I got Gold Star families coming there. And there's a couple beautiful things. One, the first year, was we did it, and they said logistically it was impossible. And it showed what happens. Like, when I had a meeting... Like this guy, Mike Reiko out of the Port Authority, who's an Iraq vet, me and him got together and he he was big time. And once and it just got uh, this. Uh, there's so many. This guy, uh, uh, O'Toole, Chris O'Toole, he's the chairman of the Port Authority. His dad was a Korean War veteran. And so we got this meeting with all these fire department guys. And, you know, what? one of the things that happened is right before I started the first swim, I did this run in, in Newark up these stairs and there was a bunch of firefighters there. Cause I'm looking for adventure. I think it was to help cancer. So, and so I do it with all the firemen's gear and, and now all of a sudden I made these friends with all these fire department guys and I, and I'm telling them about my swim and they're all about it. And so I had all these firefighters. I had every police department, every agency you can imagine at this meeting. And I knew it was going to, you know, it shows you what happens when good people come together. And so one of the, and one of the messages we sent, and what made it beautiful is the first year, right? Like, I, there's so many guys out there, like the guy, Matt McCabe, you guys might not know about him, but he's a team guy. And, uh, you know, he got caught up and uh, he served his country with honor, right? And he went out there. And uh, I don't know if you guys know about Fallujah, but Fallujah, some bad things happened in Fallujah. And some really bad things happened to some SEALs in Fallujah. I'm not even going to go into it. Right. And he was on one of the snatch and grab ops and he gets the mastermind. And, uh, you know, the guy starts singing a story that's not true. All of a sudden, NCIS is on him and they're trying to make an example out of him. And they're trying to get him to go to take a hit and, and, and lose his honor. And he said, F that, he, he requested court marshal, stood tall up on it, and he won. That's and that was the awesome. First time, I know that's the first time a door kicker won when he's – these uh, misconstrued political hack military leaders, right? They, they forget what it's like to be in theater. And he's still tall, right? And to me, that was the first real win. 
and they uh, and so that's so one of the things that happened, right? You got this huge like push on just good guys trying to serve the country, do right. Sometimes shit gets ugly in war, and uh, people hating on Eddie Gallagher, right? Hating on. Uh, the whole world was on, hating on guy who served this country. How many deployments? Right. And people on the outside can never understand. And so, uh, guess what? This one of the besides logistically, everybody saying that it was impossible. Eddie Gallagher was at the end of our swim, and we got all around, all around him, and 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 let the let everybody know who was watching that what the guys were putting into work for our country, where we were at on that instead of real public and gave that guy love after all the drama he went through, you know? And then the second year, what we did, everybody hating on law enforcement, hating on, I don't know if you guys can remember, but it was like, it was ridiculous. And all these guys in law enforcement were giving me love for my swim, backing me up. And so, you know, we had to back them up. So in all of our shorts, we had like NYPD, NJSP, PAPD. Like we let everybody and every interview I had, I gave those guys love every interview and sending the message. And that's the way it happens. Like when good people look out for each other, like that's what we got to, that's what, you know, that's what we got to do. Like, uh, and, uh, and so I was really proud about that, like really proud. And then this year was, you know, there were so many anniversaries going on 20 year anniversary of 9-11. It dates me how old I am. Cause I was a seal back then, you know? I was a seal on 9-11. Let me tell you, that changed my life. And so, uh, and then it's the 10th anniversary of Extortion 17. And, you know, uh, every seal has lost a friend on, on Extortion 17 or, or a few. And, uh, you know, uh, Brian Bill was in my platoon, you know. Uh, Johnny Foss was in, you know, he was when my sister platoon. Like, these are guys I grew up with, man. And so, uh, and so we gave those guys big love this year. And I was really happy because Scott Bill, Brian's dad, came. And his brother, Morgan Bill, came. And, uh, was, and Fox gave us some love, too. Those guys jumped live with the leapfrogs for a swim. To, and, you know, that's how we honor our own. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Honored Brian's family in a big, big way. And his brother, Morgan, swam with us to honor his brother. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm really, really proud of that. And a lot of a lot of good people, you know, yeah, it was my idea, no doubt. But, yeah, so many good people came together uh, to make that happen. And the guys at GI GoFund, I, I love them because there's a lot of other organizations out there and they do a lot of good work. And some of them are really big. But one of the things I like about these guys is they're not too big for the britches, you know, and I can talk to them. And like, I could work with them. And to be honest with you, like if I would have went to this idea with some of the other groups, one in the get-go, probably because of the logistics of it, they probably would have shot away from it. Right. And two, if they would have seen that, the, I knew because once I started talking to the guys in, 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 in you know, my friends in the teams and my friends in the, in the police department, I knew that those guys had, those guys were going to go all out, all the back for me in this. So I, I knew what, you know, I knew what I had. And I, so I really like working with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this, the, like, I, I mean, I've told you this at the event, 
logistically. I mean, because this is all we do, right? I mean, our company is a multi-billion dollar company. So we go to these these events and some of them are okay. Some of them are whatever. But man, I'm telling you, your event, man, logistically was just amazing. And that's just the from, you know, logistical, you know, the, the logistical side. Now you start talking about actually being at the event. Okay. For those of you that don't know, and for those of you that didn't see my pictures and my videos, and you know, I did the whole GoPro thing and all that. This event that they do every year was it's not the 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 purpose for from you know outside looking in it is not to make a big big show about everything it is purely about supporting their people that's right there you go and uh i've got mine on right there bill so we're we're all good man but uh i wear it all the time but the the event is it's not it's not some big thing to draw attention to to bill or any other guy there and that's the craziest thing is i didn't know that bill was the one behind this i saw him I mean, Bill, I, I'll tell you all kind of, you know, off to the side here that I didn't, I didn't see you once without your daughter. You were holding her on the booze cruise or the dinner cruise. You had her the whole time, man. Didn't put her down. Good on you, brother. You got a beautiful daughter, but the, here we go right here. Love my kids, man. I love. That's awesome, man. I love it, brother. I love it. Yeah. They, you know, and that's the thing is there's a lot of these events and I'm, I'm not calling anybody out specifically, but there's a lot of events where people they'll put these, these events together. And they'll say, Hey, this, I did this. We did this. My company did this, or me personally did this. It's not how it is. This event is truly about, about our, our veterans, about our seals Our you know, everybody lost, like, like Bill said on extortion or uh, during extortion 17, everybody, I mean, it, that's the focus. And I thought that was the coolest thing, right? You, you know, when we lined up, you guys lined up down the whole memorial and watching you guys um, get together on multiple occasions, saying a prayer, all these different things that you just don't normally see at these big events. It just, you, you feel like you're very intimately involved, right? You don't feel like you're part of a, of a production or there's film crews everywhere. It was, it was very, uh, it was private, but not really private. If that makes sense. I mean, there's a, there's a deeper purpose behind it. And I thought that was so cool. And I didn't know what to expect. Right. Cause Ray care called me two weeks before and he's like, yeah, come to the swim. And I got there and he's like, where's your shit at? I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, where's your shit? And I said, I didn't think you were serious about me actually swimming. I didn't think I could. But now that I saw that there's civilians and people like that in law enforcement, if, if it's open to the public or, you know, whatever it may be, not public, but I, I am going to, I'm going to go do the qualifying swim and all that. But man, I just, I, I, I can't speak highly enough. And this is just about the event, right? But the way that you run it, um, the attention that, is on the event itself. It's phenomenal, man. I mean, it's, it's such a, uh, such a pleasure to, to just be a part of, just be there and witness it. You get to be around a lot of, lot of amazing individuals, man. I mean, you, you know, if you're around a seal or something like that, most seals, they, they're not, they're not always talking about their time, in the teams, you know what I mean? You get, you get the guys bill, like we got guys, I live in Utah right now. You get guys that say, oh, I was a scout sniper and all these different things. And they're talking about, you know, their numbers and their kills and all that. And I'm like, well, I know some true killers and they don't <laughs> they don't ever tout it. You know what I mean? So they're they're very uh, just a just a phenomenal group of guys. I mean, I, I couldn't be any luckier to know these people. Um, and so, you know, Bill, 
kind of switching gears here. I know kind of do a little bit of a 180 is, is a little weird, but um, I'm trying, I'm not trying to keep you long. I know it's, you know, coming up on five o'clock on a Friday. Um, will you explain your childhood a little bit? I mean, cause, cause and listen, this is all, I don't know anything about your childhood. Okay. I'm basing everything. Cause this is all personal information that I've wanted to know for a long time. I'm like, cause if you Google the world's toughest man, who comes up, you know what I mean? It's always David Goggins. But for me, man, there's someone that was a driving force during buds that was like, Oh, that got Goggins attention. Like, Oh shit, you can't break this man. And so for me, I want to know about that. You know, I, I've never talked to David, whatever, but I want to know the behind the scenes stuff, man. And he said that, you know, in the book, he's like, you know, he, he had kind of a, kind of a, a rougher childhood, if I remember correctly. And so I just want, I just want to kind of go over your background if you're okay to talk about it. If not, no worries, brother, we can switch gears. Hey, you, um, you know, we, uh, one of the uh, things I noticed in the, in the teams is a lot of guys, we talk about guys like Ray, a beautiful man, you know, <laughs> don't tell him that his head's big enough. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, a lot of beautiful guys out there who, uh, they get, they get beat up a little coming up, you know, one way or another, they, they got some t- tough things we all deal with, you know? So no doubt I, I dealt with some things. Um, you know, a lot, some of it was my own. Some of it was just, some of it was just, you know, like a, coming through some storms and then another storm and then another storm. Um, I think one of the things that kind of hit me up was whatever was the, you know, I was, I was born with a cleft palate. And uh, so I took speech classes a lot for many years, you know, and, um, musical chairs you know musical chairs i'm moving around i'm kind of uh my parents got divorced real young i had a stepdad that you know wasn't too wasn't too nice and uh you know moving around i'm not not a you know not a bad looking guy so you know girls like me and there was competition so you know other guys and i one of the things that kind of i think one of the things that was with with me was I'm kind of a laid back guy, you know, but sometimes when uh, people would kind of, you know, kid, you know, kids can be tough or whatever. And so I got bullied a little bit like a lot of other people, you know, but what one of the things I think happened was I would come to a point and I got in a couple of fights and then I got kind of good at it. And then I would try to solve my problems that way. And then I kind of didn't have too much of a family structure. So then I'm out there with other guys to kind of, not necessarily bad guys, but you put us together, kind of making some real tough decisions. Sure. Well, you know it, uh, you know, I'm in detention centers, you know, I'm one of the only white guys there. I'm fighting for my food. I'm fighting for my manhood. And so honestly, when I got the buds, you know, I, you know, I remember, uh, you know, being in the detention center and, and, and stuff breaks out and being very uh, used to violence, you know, and so when I got the buds, when I got a Navy, you know, I was like, it was like my, you know, I knew I wasn't going to quit. Like they could kill me before I quit. Like they could literally, I literally one time, uh, one time they were telling me they were going to make me quit. I got this tattoo and buds. I wanted everybody to know where I was at. And I got this tattoo over my heart that says, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And I got their attention real quick. And they, uh, I remember one instructor said he's going to rip off my scabs. Oh, he actually did. He's going like this because it was still scabby. Oh. You tell me he's going to, 
uh, make me quit. I'm going to have to look in the mirror every day. And you know what I told him? I said, you could cut off my bars and I'm not going to quit. <laughs> so they, they came, they came, and they, the other thing that, that came, so I grew up really rough and tumble. I was kind of good in sports, but I, I was, I was really good at sports, but I'd get in trouble and then I wouldn't be able to play for one reason or another. Cause I really didn't have, I didn't have much of a support system, man. I was back, like my mom tried to do her best, but I was, uh, uh, I was rough, man. And, uh, and you know, there's different ways to handle it. Maybe if, uh, maybe this or maybe that, but one way or another. So I had these misconstrued type of perspectives on my life. But to me, like, I thought, like, honestly, I thought if somebody went to a private school, like they were super rich. If somebody went to college, they were super rich. Like I was just, I was so far out, but the Navy saved my life. So I'm in the Navy and uh, I didn't even know about SEALs. It wasn't like it is now. These guys who like to run, swim, and you can't talk in boot camp the first couple of weeks. I'm watching this and I got this instructor that's like riding. I don't know why it's giving me a hard time. And uh, in the morning, you go out and try it. And it took a couple hours to do this test. You know, you do a swim, you do a run, push-ups, pull-ups, some sit-ups. And uh, I never really swam before, and I failed the swimming part. But you could come back. But the other guys that went in my, uh, in my boot camp to visit, they didn't go back. But I just kept coming back. One, it was a really good workout. I got the off-gas, some stress from basically this instructor that was just seriously riding. And I kept going back, like, day after day. And it was, like, three hours away from regular boot camp. And I could just get – to me, I was like, I'm just going to get a serious workout. I couldn't swim for crap. But uh, this instructor pulled me aside and he said, you're not taking a test. And I was kind of like hurt, you know, but then he's like, instead, he's like the whole time for three hours. He's teaching me how to swim. The next time I, I came and took the test, I barely passed on a swim part. But then all of a sudden I got orders to buds. And the thing I learned about being a buds man and being a seal is uh, all those guys, man, are all guys who, for whatever reason, well, not all of them, but a majority of them, like the, the world kind of came at them pretty hard right in the get-go. And they, and instead of getting broken by, and it, trust me, man, some guys, some guys can't deal with things. They turn to drugs or do some, you know, and then there's other guys, you know, like, and it, it taught me so many things. One of the beautiful things I learned about, you know, is working out and dealing with stress by just working out and, and, uh, and hanging out with good guys. And, and, and that when you talk about teams, right. And that's really what it is. It's a team. And that's the whole thing with the swim and all it's, it's, it's really good guys looking out for each other. And that's how we get by in such, especially in today's world where it's almost like the media is trying to portray good men as something they're not as something else. And it's like, look, I know I'm a good man. I know I'm out there doing the best I can to do good things. Like you're going to try to betray me for something that's not true. Like, look, that's not true. And I'm going to stand tall when I got to stand tall. I'm going to be cool when I got to be cool. You know, and I think sometimes like, uh, and that's what I love. Like, look, all those guys who put it out their ass on the line in Iraq and Afghanistan were the guys that held up this country. All those men and women in law enforcement every day, putting their life on the line, you know, you never know. You pull somebody over for a speeding ticket and it can turn out to life and death situation. And like to me, honestly, when I was in Iraq, it wasn't the, you know, dramatic things happened really fast, right? And they happen. But that really wasn't the, 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 the thing that kind of wears on you. The thing that wears on you is that every day anything can happen. 
type of, and it, it was the same thing. Like when I was in, when I was in detention center as a kid, number one, I knew I was a target because they, I was a, I was a white guy who held my own. And so like, that's just it. And, you know, it was almost like a budge when they were trying to break me. And, uh, and when I came from that, like literally having to fight for my freedom, my manhood, like as intense and as aggressive as I could be to then come to buds. When it came to, when it came to some of the stuff, like I knew they worked, like they push you super hard, no doubt. But, and some of the guys, like some of the evolution, some guys, you know, I knew a guy, some guys get hurt pretty bad, but most, you know, it's not to that type of level. Like they come at you in a different way. So, so a lot of guys had a hard time dealing with the uh, type of like the lights are off, like it's going to get on now type of step up or, or, or get, or, or fade out. I was okay with that. My big issue was I came up in such a kind of backwards environment that as far as like academics and that type of thing, I was so far behind the curve. And so like in how we, I peaked, I mean, I was, I was, you know, I'm a hard dude. And I'm, I'm a pretty good athlete. So, and I held my own, like no doubt. And, and rolling with a guy like David Goggins, dude, the, the guys is serious, like the intensity that he brings to the table. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, and, and being around guys like Dave have definitely made me a weight. I would have never been an attorney without that type of push. Like, the, like to me, going to law school was just like kind of going to buds. I just wanted to test myself. I wanted a challenge. To me, if there's one thing I want to put out there, one mess, uh, we get by when we look out for each other. I didn't get through hell week if it was just me. We looked out for each other. I didn't get through Iraq if it was just me. We looked out for each other. That swim, it didn't happen if we didn't look out for each other. And I think that's really what I'm about uh, is putting that message out there. Like, look, we got to be honest with with what's happening. Cancel culture, everything else. There's a big squeeze out there. And there's a lot of uh, misinformation where they're, you know, they're trying to minimize and, and, and portray good people in a way that's not right. And there's a lot of people that they say, okay, and I got to be honest. Like, uh, there's sometimes when I'm like, you know, do I do, is this, the, is this the situation where I should step up? And sometimes maybe I should step up and sometimes uh, maybe I, sh I should have stepped up and I did. And I think that the, the thing we all got to think about is uh, we don't know, we can't change what happened yesterday, but what we can change is we need to step up more. And we have to be, we have to be proactive. And because what happens is if you let a lie flow out, float out there, it starts, people start believing that's the, that's the truth. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm out there. And one of the ways I believe in stepping up is just by example. Like when I was going through uh, law school or if I was, when I was an undergrad and, you know, they try to portray veterans as like um, basically unstable. They try to portray us as uh non-intelligent and i kind of used the kind of kind of format that actually um that i saw martin luther king use and also um malcolm x because you because some of the stereotypes that they had as far as uh you know african-americans being unintelligent being unstable is kind of some of the same labels they're trying to put on now with law enforcement or police uh, uh veterans or, or you know 
And so one of the ways I being, try to do it- being viewed that their that their opinion isn't a valid uh, concern or valid issue and things like that. I'm I'm with you 100. percent Oh yeah, you're deplorable, right? Yep, you're deplorable, uh, like backwards. And so one of the ways is just like now, out there articulating our perspectives, putting out a message. Like the way I'm about it is, look, when you got a bunch of guys swimming across the Hudson to help other veterans like Hutchin is no joke. Like let's let somebody try to do that. That's not dialed in. They, they're not coming back. Brother, that's a treadmill. You watch guys swim in the same spot for five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't come at that. And, and the logistical lift, like a lot of people in different circles, like, you know, I'm not from some Ivy league school. I didn't, you know, I didn't clerk for a Supreme court justice or whatever. A lot of people are going to try to minimize me or, you know, They've, they devaluate us in one way or another to try to equalize whatever misconception they have that fits whatever stereotype they got as pinged it. But you know what you can't argue? You can't argue against facts, right? And deeds. And, and, and so that's, and that's where I'm at. It's like when we work together and we stand up together on things and, and the type of message like, uh, and that's, and that's what I, you know, that's what we need to do. And we've got to do it more often. Yeah, man. It's, you know, you talk about, about everybody, you know, being together, having each other's backs. First off, I mean, it's one thing for the military, right? I mean, you see these, these guys will go to bat all day long, different branches, whatever it may be. Then you go down to law and we go step down to like law enforcement and it's the same thing. I mean, listen, my territory is the Northeast. So, I mean, I'm all over in, in New York and Jersey and in Pennsylvania and all these different places and you talk about, and I, and I'll just say this and, and whoever listens to this, that's in law enforcement, I'm sorry, but I don't think there's a stronger bond between first responders than in the Northeastern portion of the United States. I mean, you talk about some guys that, I mean, outside of work, best friends, you know what I mean? But maybe LAPD is close as far as like outside of work, hanging out, but in, I mean, up there in the Northeast, the camaraderie is crazy. The support within, um, you know, different precincts and things like that. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's unheard of. Now the issue that you run into is, is support from not, not even administration bill. I mean, the way that I see it is it's, it goes higher than that. You got your commissioners and people like that, where it's all, what we talked about earlier. It's all about them. It's all about their agenda, what they're wanting to do. They don't give a shit about these first responders. They're a dime a dozen. They're saying, Oh, we'll always have cops. You say that, until all of a sudden there's no, there's no more, you know, law enforcement. There's no, you know what I mean? I mean, they talk about defunding the police. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? You, you're going to take away. And it's, and, and I get real passionate about this because having that's been in true. law enforcement, it's bullshit. It's that's bullshit that you're going to pull away funding from already underfunded departments and agencies around the United States. And because of lack of training, come on now, how do you think that training's paid? Like, how do you think that's paid for? I just training is not cheap. I mean, Bill, you can speak to that because you, you know, having been in the, in the teams, I mean, they spend millions of dollars on, on training for you guys. And, and, and you guys are the, you guys are deadly. I mean, when shit goes down, I mean, you look at it and I don't, was Ray on the team that went to go for captain Phillips? I don't, I don't know all about all that, but they call the seals. They call the Rangers. They call the Raiders. They are highly trained. If every police department had an unlimited training budget, I promise you the type of stuff that you, that you would see happening 
is nothing like what you saw Derek Chauvin in, in, in Minnesota and all that. You would not see that. I, 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 am, I can guarantee you that, and I'll tell you everybody that I've talked to, both in my department when I was in law enforcement and everybody that I talk to now, there's not a single person, and Bill, I'm sorry, I don't know what, where you stand on this Derek Chauvin thing, but there's not a single law enforcement officer that agrees with what Derek Chauvin did. You, can't, you cannot put your fucking knee on the back of a man's neck for that. You just can't do that. It's not a, it doesn't matter. I mean, you just can't do that. I mean, just as a human being, you cannot do that. That's, that's, there's no, there's, I'd say 95% of officers are like, yeah, no way. There's no reason he should have done that. Now pedophiles, sweet. I would do that to a pedophile. No problem. You know what I mean? You got, got, Hey, we got to be honest, right? Jesus, man. You got got some, every once in a while you get a shit bag. Right. right? Right. Somebody, somebody who, who, who shouldn't be there. Correct. What happens, the truth is, right, you, when you find something like that, you you, you got to wash them out. But what happens, right, is what happened. Now, that was a terrible incident, right? But sure. what happens, it's kind of the tact, one of the tactics I would use in like when I was an undergrad and these debates in class. I kind of sit back, right? And you get somebody, uh, what happens to kind of mob mentality, the, 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 the flow of the, um, the professors putting out where he's at and you get a flow of, um, of support type of uh, comments out there, kind of brown nose and stuff. And you get some guys normally that uh, maybe not the best people to articulate a position. But one of the things I do is because things would get so it'd be wacky land in undergrad. And every once in a while, I got to throw a hard hit. And so I'd, I sometimes I'd wait to the I call the lollipop would kind of get loud in whatever classroom. And then I snipe the shit out of that lollipop. And I just and I, I wouldn't let go because now he's a spokesman. I'm just like mentally just beating the shit out in front of somebody and the whole and then, you know, and what happens is when people, other people start chiming in, then boom, I, I go back on the ground. You know what I mean? And uh, kind of like it's like the alligator approach. But what happened with, uh, with that is now you got, you got a shit bag out there. They got it on video. And now they're going to bro- broad paint all these beautiful men and women, put it on a line for this country day in and day out, right? And a lot of it was what? I'm going to be honest for you. A lot of that was they were waiting for a shit bag like that to do something like that to happen because you know what? They had a bad candidate and they needed a certain population to get geared up and that played. And so what happened is they, they put the stress level on this entire country and how many cities, man, how many cities honestly were unsafe, major, major, major metropolises in our country that were, were unsafe. And they just and what they did is they put on the pressure to get the power, and 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 they and and they sat and they didn't care who they bulldozed. They didn't care all those beautiful men and women and their honor that they that every day for years they get up and risk their lives to protect others. Guardians, guardians. They didn't care that they tarnished their life. Their, you know, make people unproud of what they do and their sacrifices and love. They didn't care. And you know what? I said, fuck you. I'm going to give them love during my swim. My little moment of time. I'm going to give them love and let the world know where I'm at. 
and I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't care what, because hey, sometimes you want to know what a friend is going to stand by you when it's when it's all when it's ugly. You know, as a friend, and you know, and, and that's why me and David Goggins, I love that guy to the day I die. Now I'll tell you something. We got to look out for each other. I, and I'm talking to, to you know all the good men and women out there right now that know that knows what's happening, the cancel culture and all this and all this BS. I got friends of mine that Iraq, Afghanistan veterans, good men, good men, fisted on the line for this country many more times than it's just ridiculous. And they these 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 people are are, are infringing their freedom of speech minimizing their ability to express their ideas on social media. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, I can't tell you how many seals who did that swim with me. They, they're getting shattered. They're getting blocked banned. It's ridiculous. Look at, look at Mitch. I mean, yeah. Mitch of all people, he's got three different accounts. I tell you what, now I love Mitch and he, you know what? I, he's a little more outspoken than me, right? Sure. But I've never seen anything he said that warranted anything with the way they step on him. It no. is a disgrace. And, you know, I'll tell you something else. you got some admiral now, right? They made him an admiral because he puts on a dress, not because of his skill. Are you kidding me? And you got other guys out there. And I tell you what, I'm not going to. I'll tell you this. One, I'll tell you this. I got into it with Admiral Green, and you can look it up on military.com when, when he was stepping on Eddie Gallagher, right? And uh, me and a, another team guy kind of called him out. Some, some of these guys in the military, uh, they're, these, uh, these officers, are some of the same officers you see in theater uh, trying to find a way to stay out of an op. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not there. They're not there. They're not, they're there for other reasons. And the guys who got the beauty of their men, you got to forget about them. And that's one of the things I love this, this, this Marine that called out the, the, are you kidding me? You're going to, you're going to leave Afghanistan, but you're going to, you're going to give the Taliban Bagram first. Like, what are you thinking? Like, I, I, uh, thank God somebody had the boss to call somebody out. Right. You right. know, and, and, and Bill, like, go ahead. Sorry. You're, you're good, brother. I like, I like what Eddie Gow, and that's another thing. Like I was talking about Matt McKee, like they can't, they came at him so hard, try to make an example out of him. Right. He stood tall on that. And I'd like what he's doing now. Give him back. He's got a little money. Now he's got a little fame. He started that pipe hitters foundation to help other guys getting jammed up, help, help that Marine who got jammed up. They try, you know, put that guy in jail because he spoke out about They put that guy in jail because he called them out. Are you kidding me? The only guy held accountable was him. It, yeah. it, it just, it makes, it makes me sick, man. And, and listen, I, you know, I, I, I know a lot more Navy SEALs than I do Rangers and Marsat guys and things like that. So this is why I talk to a lot more SEALs. Right. And so, for me, and but I mean, I do. I don't. Do, I don't know if you know who Neil Curry is out here with Ready. You know, he owns a business called Ready Gunner. He's big on on Instagram and all that. But I talked to him, and and man, listen, I you start talking to special, you know, special forces kind of guys, right? You got your seals, Marsoc, Rangers, whoever it may be. 
those are the kind of people that I like talking to. My buddies always give me shit. They're like, oh, is it another Navy SEAL? I'm like, you're goddamn right. It's another Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? Because these guys, listen, I have not talked to a SEAL that that has, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he doesn't try to sugarcoat things. He doesn't try to um, make something up, kind of make it soft or make it easier for you to hear. They just say it like it is, man. Whether it's something about me, whether it's something about someone else, they just say it like it is. And that's why I really like talking with guys like you and Mitch and Ray and Cade and Will Branham and all just everybody, man. They're very, very direct, very forward. And they don't, you're not going to cancel a seal. Good luck. Good luck doing it. I mean, they'll find a way. You know what? And that's, we all got to, and you're talking about the, not just seals, man. I, I, I just climbed Mount Marcy. Um, with a, a, a good group of guys, one of the guys with uh, this guy, Joe Palaramo, and he was a ranger. And I got nothing, I got nothing but, uh, by the way, uh, Mount Marks, he's the tallest mountain in New York. Um, nothing, uh, nothing but love for rangers, man. No, nothing but love for Marines, nothing but love for guys in the you know, army. Uh, you know, all those guys are, uh, they're badasses, man. I got nothing. And the thing is, we got to, we have to look out for each other. Let, let, if there's one thing I'm pointing out there, we have to look out for each other. Good guys have to look out for each other. I mean, we got to stick together because shit's getting bad. And it don't look like it's getting better. So we got to look. When people say a lie, call them out. And, and you know what you said? We talked about straight shooters, all those beautiful guys you just mentioned. I know every one of them. They're all great men. When, when stuff's wrong, say it. Say it's wrong. Like that Marine, say it's wrong. Say, hey, look, what what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, this is wrong. You look okay. at Derek Chauvin, those officers. If they would have just said, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what I mean? Step in, remove him from the situation because Chauvin's emotions are just skyrocketing, right? He's too involved in the situation. Hey, don't worry. There's three of us here. I got you. Go, go step away. And Matt, do you just imagine where the, you know, what the social climate would be like if, just like you say, if someone will just speak up, just have the courage, speak up. Um, it's, it's so important. I'm kind of funny, but listen, I, I've been called out by Cade. I mean, Cade called me the other day to tell me a little bit about, you know, he had a, he was doing something for a guy in Afghanistan that used to kick doors with him. Right. And, and he calls me up and I didn't answer. And then he calls me back right away. And I'm like, oh shit, if Cade's calling me back to back, something I better answer this. <laughs> and I said, Hey, Cade, <laughs> sorry, brother. I'm uh, I just went through uh, Wendy's and got, got, got a quick burger. First thing Cade says to me, he doesn't, he doesn't tell me what he was calling for. He's like, you better start fucking eating. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like just calls me out just right off the bat. You said Wendy's. I'm like, ah. yeah. And, and so I was like, damn, <laughs> which is funny, man. Cause I, I mean, I've got all my supplements right over here. I've got Will's green stuff. And so after that, I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. Nobody ever really checks me. I work remote, man. I, you know, it is what it is. And so I just kind of set up here in this office all day. And so I mean, he called and he'll still call me just to, just to chat and, and, you know, listen, I know I'm not a teams guy. I'm not, I've not been in buds, not even the military, but Cade, Cade has, Cade will call me and he'll talk to me and he checks in on me. And man, he like just the idea of people checking in on each other. I, that's something I've never had and something that I cherish greatly right now. And so for me, this is why I want to talk with guys like you and get to know you, Bill, and your team and everybody, because I want to build a platform that can help grow 
things like this. I don't talk to a lot of athletes. It's not a, it's not my big MO. I want to talk to people that are involved in something greater than themselves. And that's not about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, the beautiful, the glory of the common man. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You listen to the man, the, are you familiar with the man in the arena? The, the quote that Will Branham is, is he loves it, man. And that's something that, that I, you know, I had him on the show and, and he recited that from heart and you talk about getting some chills. It's right up there <laughs> with the, you know, some of the stuff we did over at the, at the seal swim. But uh, anyways, so listen, man, we're coming up on an hour. I, I know it's, you know, it's Friday afternoon out there in the, the, I, I assume you're working in New York. I'm right across the river, uh, right across Paradise by the river, Newark. Newark, ooh, yeah, Newark is paradise, that's for sure. Beautiful yeah. aquarium in Newark, New Jersey. That's that's a it's a beautiful area, but you mean Camden? They got the aquarium. Oh yeah, it's down in Camden. You're right. You're right. That's exactly right. But yeah, we always go through Newark to get to uh, to get to that aquarium. But listen, Bill, man, next, I mean. I could sit here and talk to you for hours, man. I've, I mean, I've got a whole book of notes. I'm not going to do it right now. We're, I'll, I'm up in the Northeast a lot. Let's go to dinner. Let's, I mean, if I'm back up there, let's go to dinner, bring your family, whatever you want to do. It'd be a blast to chat with you a little bit more, man. But um, I am going to ask you the last question. I mean, do you still keep in touch with, with Goggins, with Dave? I reach out to him every once in a while via text most of the time. He's uh he seems to be a pretty private person. I think he's got like four and a half million followers on Instagram and doesn't follow a single person. <laughs> That's the most Goggins thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, the way I kind of feel it is uh, there's a the movie uh, Point Break. Yeah. It's one of my, the first one's probably one of my favorite, but there's a scene in the second that I really like. And at the end, uh, these guys are they're climbing this cliff face, right? And they all chose kind of different paths and they have, they kind of have a trail kind of reminds me of like Tron of the, they're showing that they kind of take the drone back and you can see a messer and they kind of trace the trail. And each guy chooses his own path. And there's a lot of beautiful guys I worked with, with a lot. Of them. And uh, you mentioned a lot of beautiful names today. But all good men, all chosen their own path. You can't, you can't blame them. I mean, Ray and Will, both Ray, Will and Cade both talked about it, that, you know, you look at Jocko, you look at David, how are you ever going to judge a man for the way that he puts money on his table, you know, or puts food on his table for his kids? You know what I mean? How I, I just don't, especially going through the shit that you've gone through. You look at David's, you know, upbringing, you look at, at the stuff that you went through, you look at, at the stuff that Ray went through. It's just, I, people need to need to stay in their lane, mind their business and let people do their thing. I mean, but like you said, if you see something that's not right, call it out. I mean, you see Ray Carrot selling drugs. Are you really just going to let Ray, you know what I mean? Are you really just going to let him just keep doing it? Or are you going to say, Ray, the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? It's just. Be your, be your brother's keeper, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, Bill, again, I will let you know next time I'm up there in the North, uh, in the Northeast, we'll get together. You know, if, if Rob, Rob, so Rob lives in I'll text you about it later. You know where Rob O'Neill lives. He's got his house up there in New York. But I mean, man, if we all want to get together and have a, you know, have a drink, have some dinner, whatever you want to do, um, we'll get it all set up. Um, are you going to Shot Show at all this year? Is there any interest to go to Shot Show? Um, even just always, as a, even just as a visitor. <laughs> I get, I, I got to check that box. I haven't checked it yet. I definitely hey, need. To- I got gotcha. you. I, I will. I can get you in. No problem. We'll get your pass and everything. Just. If, if, if you want to, text me. I will get it set up. I think that's a green light. I'm always looking for an adventure, man. 
All right, brother. I, hey, I'm like, I'm like a lion. I'm looking. My Ooh. brother. My brother. Yes, sir. We're going to be doing a couple episodes up there. They got me a presidential suite. They want me to bring all the equipment down. So we're going to, we're going to do a big thing. And man, I it, listen, if you, if you want to come, let me know. I will get your registration. We'll talk about it off the air, whatever, but what's that? You want to come sweet. Yeah. We got it. You you will bring your, your girlfriend, your, whoever you want, your daughter, anybody, but brother, enjoy your weekend. I appreciate you. It means a lot that you came on. I'm sorry that we kept you longer than, than anticipated, but man, I, you know, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And we'll have some conversations here in the future about getting things ready for next year, sponsorships and things like that. Call me, text me anytime you need. God bless you. Bill. God bless you. Keep sending out that good word, man. Yes, we sir. Need it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Bill. All right. Okay. So, all right. Can you still hear me? Yeah. All right, brother. So we are, we got the whole thing here. Now we're just going to let it upload and, Man, seriously, is there is there anything that I can do for uh, for you right now? I mean, I know that that you've got you know you got just a lot of stuff going on, but I mean, if there's anything anything, I mean, you need you need you need a, someone's number, or whatever. You want some athletes involved next year, dude? I got you. I'm like, hey, it's all, always uh, yeah, putting out a good word. I like, I really like your platform. Um, I like you know just keep it up, man. That's what we need. We need good guys out there kind of, you know, contributing, putting uh, good, good gals out there, you know, kind of, you kind of be a flair. Let yeah. people see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bill, is there anything, I mean, from a, you know, from the, the you know, this standpoint here, listen, I only have like a thousand followers on Instagram, but you know, I, I it, it's grown pretty well, but I, I mean, is there anything that you can see, you know, if, if there's anything like, Hey, Riley, can you tell, you know, if you come to me, say, Hey, Riley, listen, can you tout this or this dude, hundred percent. Listen, I, I don't, I don't do anything for sponsorship dollars, nothing like that. Like I, I, this part of the whole not being canceled thing. Right. I mean, I'm not a big podcast, but in the future they can't look back and be like, Oh, well time to pull a sponsorship. So I'm like, I don't fucking do it for, for money. You know what I mean? So, um, dude, seriously, if there's anything at all, anything you need me to, to reach out to someone about or whatever it may be, Dude, if you want, if you want the Trumps over there next year, I we can get it done, no problem. One of my clients is like best friends with Don. He owns Trump, uh, owns land with with uh, Trump and Eric, or with Donald and Eric. So up there in uh, Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Man, count me. This is one thing. Count me as a friend. Yes, sir. You call, I'll answer, bro. My brother, I appreciate you, Bill. Hey, man, you have a good weekend. Enjoy your family and uh, stay safe out there. All right, man. Take it easy.